like I said, it's good to see you. My name is Bob, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith. And I'm glad that you're here this morning. And I, I hope, I hope that you sense the welcoming embrace of Jesus today. Did you hear about this? Send me a picture on the screen. Did you hear about this? Do you know what that is? Anybody know? Anybody here? I may be the only one in the room that knows what this is. Israel, Israel launched its first spacecraft last week. Bersit, which means Genesis. It will be the smallest craft to ever land on the moon. But it's carrying something of, of great significance, a so-called lunar library. Why a lunar library, you ask? I'll tell you. On this craft is a disc containing 25,000 books. On a disc, a disc. 25,000 books, a full copy of Wikipedia. <laughs> That's incredible, right? A full copy of Wikipedia, information on understanding earthly languages. In total, a 30 million page library. A magnum opus intended to preserve humanity's knowledge and history long after we're gone. You know what's sad? They never called me and asked for any of my sermons. <laughs> Can you believe that? 30 million pages. Um, probably the Torah, the Law and the Prophets. I don't, I don't know. Wikipedia is on there, so Wikipedia carries a lot of information. So... Um, I don't know. Interestingly, the disciple John, he closed his gospel with these words. Remember, he said, Jesus did many other things as well, and if every one of them were written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. This morning, I want to talk to you about those things that Jesus did. That's what I want to talk about. In fact, over the next few weeks, um, as we approach Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter, we're going to journey together through the book of Matthew and, and be looking at specifically things Jesus did, his life, as he set his face toward Jerusalem. So here's the stage. The book of Matthew, chapters one through three, the author connects Jesus with the Old Testament, with everything the, the Jewish people had learned and the history of the Jewish people. And he shows that, that Jesus is uh, the, the expected Messiah. He's the new Moses. He, in fact, is Emmanuel, God with us. And then in chapter four of Matthew, it begins with the temptation of Jesus. 
And then John the Baptist is arrested and thrown in prison, and Jesus, it says, leaves. The, the, the word there is abandons his hometown of Nazareth and, and goes. When he hears about John, he journeys to Capernaum. I've been there. Interesting sight. Well, the one thing I remember about Capernaum when I was there is I, I saw a wine press. And, and how they, they would dump the grapes in, and this big stone, this ancient wine press, and it just smashed those grapes, and the, the juice would come running out. And I thought about, hmm, the wine press of God's wrath. Wow. Anyway, Jesus picks up John the Baptist's message repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus calls the first disciples. And then verses 23 through 25, they read this way. I'm reading from the ESV. And he, Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them all. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Father, would you just help us to be good students today through your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ministry to the whole person. That was Jesus. And as we walk through the book of Matthew over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll see this time and time again. Jesus doing good, tirelessly doing good. B.B. Warfield, great reformed theologian, said this, when our Lord came down to earth, he drew heaven with him. He drew heaven with him. The signs which accompanied his ministry were but the trailing clouds of glory which he brought from heaven, which is his home. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what Jesus preached. The kingdom of heaven is here. Heaven is here, right, right in front of you. God is here. It's hard to imagine all that that might entail, but, but apparently Matthew uh, synthesized it down for us. And he says, he says, when Jesus came from heaven, Jesus brings the truth. He was teaching. Think rightly about God and his kingdom and what it looks like to live in the kingdom. That's what Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are all about. Jesus announcing the kingdom and said, this is what it looks like. This, you have heard it said this, but I tell you this. You have heard this. You have always been thinking this, but I tell you. And Jesus came to help us think rightly about who God is and what he's like and how we should live before him. Think of it this way. Teaching transforms the mind. 
teaching changes the mind. I, I love this uh, quote from my friend, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Drury. She, she tweeted this week, some say everything I ever needed to know about life I learned in kindergarten. You've seen that, right? All I really need to know I learned in kindergarten. How many believe that's true? <laughs> I used to think I know everything. But she goes on to say, I say almost everything I didn't need to know, especially about myself, I learned in junior high. And then she asks the question, how much of a lifetime does it take to unlearn some things? The Apostle Paul, he wrote, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Bible, these scriptures that we hold up and we hold out and we, we read and we study and we pray, the Bible is Jesus in words. This is who God is. This is what he is like. And this is the essence of teaching. This is, this is why we teach, not necessarily to make smarter Christians, but to make transformed Christians as the word of God supplants what we have in our minds, the things that we've learned. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost like a factory reset, right? When you, when you take your cell phone in and, or your computer and you, you get a factory. This is what the word of God, this is what Jesus is doing when he's teaching. He is doing a factory reset, as it were, and he is transforming transforming minds to see clearly, to unlearn. And I talk to people all the time. The pathways in their minds have been etched, but I've always thought this. I've always been taught this. I've always been told this. And, and you can imagine those things, right? I've always been told that I didn't matter to God. I've always been told that I had to work hard and try hard and do more and be more for God to love me. And I, and you, you could just imagine all the things that you have to unlearn when you become a follower of Christ. And that's the essence of teaching, to change a mind. So Jesus brings truth, teaching to change our minds. But it doesn't stop there. Aren't you glad, Jane, it doesn't stop there? Because Matthew goes on, he says, he went about, he was proclaiming, he was preaching, he was announcing the gospel, the good news. The good news. Gospel, I would submit to you today, changes hearts. The good news of Jesus that he preached, that he announced, the kingdom of God is at hand. He, he is not so much mind to mind, but heart to heart. Good news, God is for you. 
Good news, God has seen you. Good news, God wants to help you. Good news, God can and will save you. Good news. Earlier, Matthew quotes Isaiah when he says and talks about how Jesus fulfilled the, the prophet's words about where he would begin his ministry in, in this area. And it's really incredible to think about because the area is really 40 by 70 miles, 280 square miles, 204 villages, towns, population centers. Matthew says that Jesus went about all this area. And it's easy for us to think, oh, that was just a one-time deal. But what Matthew communicates to us in, in the Greek, and it's, sometimes it's hard for us in, in our English language to, to really get the, the depth, the richness of what, of what the scriptures are saying, but, but he, he is using a, an imperfect tense verb, and it, it communicates ongoing, perpetual, he never stopped. And so, so what, what Matthew is saying is Jesus never stopped doing this. It wasn't like he made a circuit and stopped and then went about other things. He never stopped going about teaching and preaching the good news. This is what he did. And so earlier, earlier Isaiah quotes, Isaiah is quoted by, by Matthew, and I, I want to draw upon um, Isaiah here as well. Matthew talks about Jesus proclaiming the good news. Isaiah said, talking to the people of Israel in the aftermath of the destruction of Jerusalem where they're, they're seeing their, their walls crumbled, their, 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 their holy city of Jerusalem has been decimated by, by marauding invaders and destroyed and it's just a mess and flames, smoldering ash, all their hopes and dreams going up. Wondering where is God? He abandoned us. And Isaiah says, but after this, one will come announcing good news. He will come from afar, and he, he will tell you things. And the most important thing he will tell you is, your God reigns. This is not the end of the story. God will yet restore. God will yet do good to you. God will yet bring peace. And Isaiah says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Peace, good tidings, salvation. The feet of Jesus. They bring good news. It's still, it's still one of my, my favorite verses. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. It's like Jesus is, is giving us a glimpse of the Father's mind and the Father's heart toward his creation. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
For, for just as sin entered through one man and through sin death, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? For all who receive him, all who believe in his name are given the right to become children of God. And if anyone is in Christ, it's right on the wall over here, right? This is love. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And on this wall, love has won. The heart of God for you. Wow. Not just to slug through life but to reign, the scriptures say reign with Jesus, victorious over our enemies, death swallowed, death defeated, even the worst thing that could ever happen to us is never going to be the last thing because of the good news that Jesus proclaimed, God is for you, not against you. Salvation is here. It's yours for the asking. Oh, how beautiful those feet. Can you see them? They bring good news. And they preach good news even today to us. So Jesus brings the truth, he brings the grace, and he brings the healing. Matthew 8 and 9, when we get there, we'll see it. Nine different people, occasions where Jesus entered in and, and healed brokenness and, and healed lives and healed bodies. Restored and made whole. Continuing with B.B. Warfield, he said, it has been said that in effect, when Jesus came, to Galilee, he banished disease and death from Palestine for three years. Three years of his ministry. One touch of the hem of his garment that he wore could medicine entire countries of their pain. One touch of that pale hand could restore life. Jesus is saying and giving us a glimpse in his earthly ministry this is what the kingdom of God is like. No more pain. No more disease. No more death. No more brokenness. No more empty pursuits. No more feeling estranged from God. No more of that because, because the kingdom of God the place God's right hand where there are pleasures forevermore this is why Jesus has come to introduce us to the kingdom sound minds healed hearts people made whole. This is what Jesus 
does. Of course, of course, the ministry of Jesus begs so many questions of me as, as I read about this and I think about this. If, if indeed Jesus continually and perpetually brought healing, that's what he did all throughout his ministry. Everywhere he went, the crowds gathered. You cannot read the Gospels without healing, healing, made whole, restored. This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus does. And the tense of his ministry is not past but present and ongoing through his people, wherever God's people gather, that's where God is. Pastor Ryan and I were talking about this all week. We bring the kingdom. We bring it. Because the kingdom, and we just sang it, right? Lives in us. And we bring the kingdom. So, so the question that Joseph, this pesters me, and you're going to love this when you get in ministry full time and you're preaching and you're working on sermons every week because before you ever stand to preach, you will feel the conviction of your words. And you will have your private altar moment. And this is it for me. If that's true about Jesus, that everywhere he goes, he brings healing and wholeness, peace and good tidings. Where am I bringing healing today? This is the work of the church, church. We we embody this holistic ministry of Jesus to the whole person. And we take healing with us wherever we go. Where, where am I bringing healing? Do my words heal or harm? I've, I've said this before. Everyone in this room has the gift of healing in our tongue. We can speak words that are balm, that are medicine. Do my actions mend or do they tear apart? Does my presence, this was hard, I felt the, the Spirit's thumb right on my... And you, you know how that feels when the, the Spirit puts his, his thumb right on your heart and you feel the weight of that conviction. Does my presence promote peace or conflict? You know people like that, right? I... I have a tendency to the negative. It's the melancholy in me. Allison was talking on Facebook about the power of, of thought and thinking on what is 
true and right, excellent, praiseworthy, noble, and how, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it changes the atmosphere of a, of a room. God said, I think you got a little work to do there, Bob. Do I promote restoration and wellness? I, I gotta tell you, confession. I'm not a Greek scholar and so I hired one on staff. And I saw this word for healing in the Greek. I said, Ryan, how do you pronounce that? Therapuo means to make well, means to bring to wholeness. It's where we get our word therapy. Jim, you're learning all about therapy, aren't you? Physical therapy, pain and torture, I don't know. <laughs> but isn't it like that for us sometimes? That the therapy God wants to do in us is And I'm just gonna make a shameless commercial for small groups right now. Is that okay, Ryan? We believe that this therapy, this therapeutic that happens, we believe that it happens best in the context of life-on-life -life discipleship. We believe that as one life rubs on another, that, that therapy happens. And that transformation happens. That's why we promote, because it's just within the context of caring, shepherding relationships that, that this therapy, that this healing, that this, this wholeness often comes. Where we feel safe. We feel cared for, where we feel, oh, I can, I can let my heart show. That's why we do it. It's not because we believe you need another program or you need something else to do in the middle of the week. I don't like meetings any more than the rest of you. But if it hadn't been for small groups, this alcohol-soaked mind would have never been healed by the teaching and the grace and the mercy of God. Ever. Ever. What this therapy produces in us this healing that, that Jesus came to bring, that he has now commissioned the church to be the leverager of, the carrier of, not just to one another, but to the world. What it produces is people are given a crown of beauty instead of ashes. They are, they are given the oil of joy instead of mourning. Garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I can hear Crystal Lewis right now, can't you? If you don't know who Crystal Lewis is, Google her name and look it up. Look it up. Beauty for ashes. 
garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor from that little acorn of, I will trust you, Jesus. I had a friend, a friend once who, pastor, he said, he said this, he said, eternities are changed in a moment, but it takes a lifetime to change a life. And you know that. You know that what the scriptures say is true, that each day we are changed more and more and more into his glory. Bit by bit by bit, and I would argue. Marcy, I will argue until my dying breath that that happens best in small groups. Commercial over. So what do you do with that? If you're watching the clock, you're gonna get out of here a little bit early today. But what is your reaction to the ministry of the king? His teaching, his gospel, his healing. What about his works? What about his words? Do you believe them? Because that's the question of the day. I can stand up here all day long, and believe me, I could, just telling you, Jesus did this, Jesus did this. You wouldn't believe what Jesus did. It's right here on the pages of Scripture, and he continues to do that today. I could tell you again and again and again. The question always comes back to, do you believe them? Jesus Christ reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords in my heart. And so the question is, does he in yours? If you're a Christian, he does. And if you're a Christian, you believe this with all your heart, that the kingdom that is coming one day in all its fullness is making people whole today. It's not just off in heaven somewhere someday, but right now in this place, God can and will make people whole. It's why Jesus came. To announce the year of the Lord's favor. Taking what is scattered within us and bringing it all together through the amazing power. Luke said, you remember that, don't you? Jesus is making all things new. Church, frankly, this is our hope. Jesus doesn't give us a hope to cope. He doesn't tell us, fake it till you make it, church. He says, my power resides in you. My life lives in you. This is our hope. This is the promise of God. Sometimes the only thing keeping us from being made new, sometimes the only thing keeping us from being made whole is ourselves. Ourselves. 
I run into people all the time. All the time. That's why I don't do counseling much anymore in my office. But I run into people all the time. Well, this is what you need to do. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I can't help you. I have literally had people in my office. I know what the Bible says, Pastor, but I don't want to do that. Sometimes, church, the only thing between us and the hope that Jesus offers is us. Will I believe him? Will I take him? Will I not only read these words, but place myself under them? And have my life shaped by these words. I, uh, I gave you a taste of the words earlier. This is, this is what I want to do today. I, this song has been in my spirit all week and, and several times I, I've woken up with, with both uh, the historic version and, and the modern version of this song, it is well in my spirit. And I'll just tell you, it has not been well in my soul this week. Been this, been that. You can imagine. All I wanted was to sing this song and, and know the truth of it. It is well with my soul. And I, I would say to you today, uh, worship team, can you come and just... And I heard him earlier singing and, and practicing the song, and I thought, I can't wait to sing that. This is, this is my question for you. Is it well? Is it well with you? Is it well between you and Jesus? Maybe, maybe, maybe for you it's, it's just... Oh. I've never pastor really received and believed in Jesus. And you need to get that settled today, but for some of us, life's bumps and bruises and 
conflict in relationships. Life happens. And if we were honest, we would say, you know, the thing standing between me and wellness for my soul is that I've just been trying to fix this myself. I'm smart. I'm accomplished. I can pretend. Do you remember that song, The Tears of a Clown, when there's no one around? I always like that song. We're going to sing it as well. And as we sing, you're going to stand. Go ahead. And as we sing, your response is this. If, if it's not well, if there are things out of order, out of place, and you just desire the Lord's touch on your today, just step out and come forward. No shame, no judgment. Nobody wondering, I wonder why they're going out. None of that. Just you and Jesus. He's come. He's here to make you whole. To make it well. So worship team, would you just sing and you come.